Hi, sports fans, and welcome back to Inside the Park from Babson Park. I'm Jonathan Liskov, and I thank you for joining me for the 12th episode of my sports business podcast. Today, I am joined by a guest that has a lot of my respect. Professor Andy Andres from Boston University can and should be considered baseball analytics royalty. Professor Andres has given TED Talks at Fenway Park and sabermetric lectures at Google and has displayed his depth of knowledge in so many ways. As an aspiring baseball mind, talking to people like Professor Andres is exactly the kind of guest I had in mind when I started Inside the Park. So I appreciate his time and generosity in talking with me. I enjoyed our conversation very, very much, and I hope you do too. And without further ado, here's Professor Andres. Today, I am joined by Boston University professor and baseball scientist, Professor Andy Andres. Andy, thank you for uh, for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for asking. As I um, mentioned before we kind of got on the call, I've been doing a little bit of research about your, your background in baseball and your background as a baseball scientist. I got to watch the TED Talk that you did at Fenway Park, um, and the knowledge that you display is incredible. So I'm really excited to ask you some questions and hear about kind of your journey. Perfect. Sounds good. So, as an up- as an upcoming student, I like to I kind of like to start with my guest uh, before things really started to take off and kind of see where the roots kind of established. So, as an upcoming student, where would and like a high school or college person, uh, where was your love for sports at? And was baseball always your favorite game? Um, and like, what what kind of drew you to baseball? Yeah, I was always a uh, baseball and basketball player throughout my youth and uh, into college and uh, continued to play both uh, for a while. Gave up basketball a while ago, but I still play old old guy baseball. And um, as a professor, I just decided to investigate a couple ideas around baseball and steroids. I'm a biologist by training, and someone asked me about steroids and its uh, its use in the game as a performance-enhancing drug, and so I started giving talks about it, and then I started doing data work, and it's gone from there. I, um, I originally actually did see that you started with the anabolic steroids. Um, I think you mentioned that in your, in your lecture at Google about Sabermetrics 101, and um, I didn't have this written down as a question, but work with anabolic steroids. Did you find anything that was like really interesting, or how did, how was that, and how did that kind of like spark your interest in the baseball science aspect? Right. So uh, I had a history of teaching courses in exercise science and muscle physiology. So people put together that uh, I was a baseball. Uh, fan and also a physiologist so they just said hey why don't you give a talk on this and tell us what about anabolic steroids in baseball this was about 20 years ago when it was sort of controversial um you know they hadn't banned it yet so it was still a question a lot of fans and commentators and so the interesting part is um you know you can actually enhance your baseball performance you basically increase your bat speed and with that you generate enough if you make contact obviously and you're a good enough player you can you get the ball farther with more bat speed that's just the physics of it and um, so 
steroids and or weight training or both will uh, increase bat speed and you can therefore hit the ball farther. And that was the interesting finding from 20 years ago. And uh, it's not like it's the kind of thing that's going to help me become a better base. It might help a little bit for everyone, but it really matters for uh, people who are, say, quadruple A players. You, you know, they they might get a little bit more distance on their on their batted balls and therefore make the majors. And, and so it's not a huge effect, but it certainly does seem to uh, increase uh, bat speed and therefore increase the ability to maybe wait on the pitch, maybe hit the ball, square it up more, hit the ball farther. So it sounds like it's not the kind of thing where it's going to make the difference between a guy who's not going to make the bigs and not, but it's the difference between a guy who is like on the cusp and just needs a little bit more of a boost. And he uses anabolic steroids to get a little bit more bat speed to catch up to 95 miles an hour and kind of catch a little bit more barrels. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes, I think that's that's about right. It's not a huge effect, but it's an effect enough uh, that those marginal differences that make a difference for people's career, um, then then yeah, it can make a difference. So, it, you know, if you're a, if you're an outstanding hitter like Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barrett Bonds, many others, you know that little that little increase in bat speed can increase your home run rate. So. Right. It's worth it. It's worth it to the the professionals. It's not necessarily worth it for. Uh... Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I uh, I haven't done like I've I've seen a couple of videos and documentaries, but I haven't really looked at the science aspect of it. So that's that's really neat. Um, and that kind of leads me into my next question, which is: um, So you first started with baseball science, the biomechanics. And then you started to hear about baseball analytics and get into the numbers. So I am personally trying to kind of widen my horizons on the baseball data side of things. So my kind of broad question to you would be, do you have a favorite saber metric that you like to use? Do you have a favorite measurable for a player in the MLB? Um, And has this shifted? Like, did, did you see a shift in this once you got into the data? Well, it's changed over the years and it, it depends whether I'm looking at fielding or pitching or batting. Um, one quick and dirty one that's very nice uh, you can find on Fangraphs is WRC plus for a batter. You get a sense for their relative contribution to run scoring as a batter. And so that's a good one, but there are plenty of them and, and it's changed over the years uh, depending on the tech that's out there to measure batting performance or pitching performance or fielding even. So uh, there's a lot of good uh, metrics out there and they all have different sort of advantages and disadvantages, but uh, for batting WRC plus is nice. It's a straightforward and it actually uh, is pretty good, pretty good measure of the batting performance. So recently just doing a little bit of background study on game six of the most recent World Series and the analytical revolution that's going on with the bullpen in baseball. And so decisions on the field now 
are being affected by the statistics that you, we are talking about right now and the biomechanics behind things. And that's all affecting now decisions that are made on the field. And we saw a decision that a lot of people questioned and a, lot, a very controversial decision. So based on what you know about baseball analytics and baseball data, do you think that these kind of decisions are a blip because of the relevance of right now? Or do you think that that kind of method of decision-making is here to stay? It's here to stay. There's no question about it. It's not a blip at all. So the the the, the idea of uh, people using kind of like decisions on the field, is that's going to continue to develop mm-hmm. and allow managers to make those decisions? Yes. Now, the only thing they might do – Start, they started to do it when they had the three, the minimum three batter rule, and they might have rules about shifting, and they might change rules about the distance. There's a lot of things they're considering changing the rules for, and anytime they change the rules, it's going to impact some of this technology and this measurement, but uh, it's definitely not going away. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. It's here so to stay. I, yeah. I think that that as a young kind of expiring executive, that's why I really want to kind of like widen my horizons and have conversations like yourself who like being really into this because essentially uh, using your baseball knowledge as a fan and a former player like mine and then it takes a lot of training. So, I'm trying to kind of get used to that, but um, it seems like it's something where if you kind of use the data like Kevin Cash did, like the decisions can seem questionable, but he's just relying on a system that essentially got him to the World Series. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Kevin Cash got a lot of criticism for his decision of taking out Blake Snell, but he was absolutely right. He made the right decision. And I'm one of the few people who said it at the time. I've continued to say it. Um, I'm in the minority. Not many people agree with me. They think it was a bad decision, but I think it was the right decision. And certainly Kevin Cash did too. Certainly do all the analysts and all the, the uh, front office and all the coaching staff agree with it as well. Blake, Blake Snell didn't agree with it, but that's okay. It's It wasn't his decision. But the Rays, uh, the, the Rays analytics staff, the Rays front office, the Rays coaching staff, all liked the decision. I, I like I like that. I think that was very well explained. And although uh, it's, it's kind of like split down the middle, um, I, I think I might have to side with you based on what you know. I don't know. Maybe I have to change my decision. Well, I mean, everyone's entitled to, to view that any way they like. Uh, but in, in real time, when it happened, I knew Kevin Cash was making the right choice. That's awesome. So I now want to venture from the MLB and venture into something that I'm super passionate about and I enjoy a lot and I'm super excited about. So you're currently, um, I believe, I'm I'm sorry, Jonathan. You're breaking up a bit, so you're gonna to have to repeat that last part. So I I believe you're still the official scorer down in the Cape League, correct? Yes. 
I, oh, they yeah. didn't have a season last year, but they're going to do one this year. They're going to have a season this year. You, uh, you're the official scorer down the Cape League, and I'm going to be um, a baseball operations intern for the Chatham Anglers this summer, so I'll be down there as well. And I, I love, have been watching Cape League baseball my whole life. I want to ask you what your favorite part of Cape League baseball is, and do you have a favorite way to evaluate uh, talent on the Cape League? Because it's a little bit different than the MLB in that, you don't have the same stat cast data, the same kind of like um, numbers and things like that. So do you have a favorite way to evaluate talent and kind of um, pick the best of the best? Well, I just trust my eye. Uh, I'm also fortunate to watch a lot of Major League Baseball at Fenway. So I, I see a lot of baseball in person, and it's been a privilege to watch players on the Cape and see the talent. Uh, there's so many players I've seen over the years who are, you know, on the cusp of being in the major leagues or in the major leagues. And uh, it's so um, I, I don't I don't have any advanced metrics, even though they record some track man and they record they have bat speed with blast on the bats. They're, they don't share that with anyone. Um, it's not publicly available. Uh, but you have to trust your eye and what you see and what you observe as a uh, as an observer of baseball players. Play at the Cape is extremely uh, – it's at a very high level. Those players are uh, really, really, really good baseball players. And so uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to be able to watch. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking that he would probably say it's mostly – I'm sorry, Jonathan. You broke. Yeah, you broke up again. Um, it's you were saying. It, yeah, the game, I mean, just Cape is mostly what. Based sorry. on the nature of the Cape, it's mostly going to be like eye test and just trusting that you you have a good kind of eye for the scouting uh, of players. But I I just love the 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 raw baseball that comes out of the Cape League. And do you think that there's kind of like a any ties between players who perform well in the Cape League and players who perform well in the minors? Is there Are there tips, any tricks that you pick up on? No, I just think that the level of play is such is so high on the Cape that these are, these are the players that are going to be drafted very soon uh, in the major leagues and go to the minors very soon and a lot of them will be major leaguers. I mean, there's a huge percentage of Cape Cod uh, alumni all over the major leagues, and um, uh, there's a who's who's the big. A lot of people were saying the rookie of the year this year might be Andrew Vaughn. Well, Andrew Vaughn was a Cape League player for Wareham, and that's where I score games. I'm the, I I score games at Wareham mostly, but I all over the Cape, but. Uh, so I got to see Andrew Vaughn when he was a rising junior for Berkeley, and he was a phenomenal hitter. And you just, you when you see it, you see it. You know, he 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 was good. Uh, so uh, last 2019, the the player who was outstanding was a someone in the Pirate system now named Nicky Gonzalez. He was phenomenal. He just he he was a great hitter and. Uh, so that's the thing. You see these players and you see them play, you know, 
at a pretty high level of competition and you watch you watch how they perform so um no no tricks of the trade besides besides just your observations and being able to see a good good baseball player with you know when they when they play i think that's probably what i'm the most excited about for this summer is just starting to kind of develop those skills that you have so well honed and so well trained which is being able to pick up on like nothing little other than kind of just knowing a great baseball player when you see it and understanding what makes a a really really good baseball player so um i think that was a good answer and um kind of gets gets into the i want to get back into a little bit more of the baseball analytics side of things because i have a question as a student i mentioned i'm a sophomore at babson but i really want to get more into the true kind of raw data and be able to make those data-driven decisions in baseball. So I would ask you if you have any advice for me as an aspiring kind of baseball executive to kind of immerse myself into this field and just keep going. Well, there's some things you can do as a student. You can really sort of pick up. I mean, the field is, is looking for data scientists, okay, people who are analytical. And so to the extent you can do coursework in uh, statistics, mod- modeling courses in statistics, a little bit of machine learning, a little bit of coding so you can learn how to do your own code when you need to. Um, you know, these kind of courses are available to most uh, college students, and you should take them. <laughs> you, should, you should start taking these courses to better understand uh, how to do your own analyses. And in terms of finding data, the data is widely available. Uh, you can get StatCast data from Baseball Savant, an MLB website. You can get lots of pitch FX data in many different sites. You can get lots of data that's been summarized from fan graphs, baseball prospectus, uh, and there's others, there's other great sites as well. So there's all kinds of ways to get the data. But what you really need to do besides collecting the data is start being, uh, good at the analytics. And that means taking statistics classes and becoming maybe a statistics major. That should be helpful. Yeah. So I, um, I've started kind of trying to experiment with that and kind of trying to create my own analyses with um, a little bit of Capely data, kind of trying to just take what I know and kind of use those numbers to drive my decisions. And um, it's just something that I, I'm going to continue to practice. And I hope that as I continue at Babson, hopefully I can take those kind of courses that you're talking about, introduction to R and Python, things like that, um, so I can understand those those languages and, and be well versed once I am ready to go into that field. Yeah, no, R is a very good language to learn. It seems to be the the uh, one of the go to languages in data science and sports analytics. So I highly recommend an R course. Um, but also take some modeling classes, statistical modeling courses, because so, that's really what the game is about. You're trying to model baseball. Uh, with with different data sets to better understand how to win the game. Yeah, no, I I uh, I haven't really I, don't, I haven't really started much with statistical modeling in that sense, but 
um, I have on my own time, but I really, I want to more as I kind of tend to my junior and senior year, hopefully I can have a little bit more availability to those courses. And um, I'm just, again, like, I want to thank you for kind of taking time out of your day. I know that you're a super busy guy and I know that you have a lot on your plate. So even just getting 20, 25 minutes with you on a call, like I really do appreciate it. That's my pleasure. And uh, let me know how else I can help. If you have any more questions, just, just reach out. Yeah. So I actually do have one more question before I let you sure. go. So I want to hear from you because you are the official scorer at Fenway Park in the Keith League. You mentioned that you saw Andrew Vaughn play for Wareham, but I really want to hear about any like really cool stories or breakthroughs or moments from your time in baseball that like you could share with me that would make me smile. <laughs> well, uh, I did. I, I'm not the official scorer at Fenway. I'm the I'm the data caster, which means I record all the events. Slightly different job. The official score is the one who makes the calls uh, for hits, errors, you know, assists, and various, you know, official official calls. And that, so I do that on the Cape, but at Fenway for Major League Baseball, I just record the events and software. And so um, I had the privilege of scoring game six in 2013 when uh, when the Red Sox won. Uh, at Fenway, the other four, the other three World Series in the last 20 years have been on the road when they've won. But 2013, they won at home, and so that was really uh, kind of a thrill was to be at Fenway when they won the World Series. It was, uh, you know, writers and everyone else in the press box generally are pretty even keeled. They just report the games, but you could feel the excitement in the press box when they won the World Series. Uh, so that was quite – that was a memorable evening for sure. So I I regret to inform you that uh, I am a Yankees fan, so that's – That's fine. I, I love Yankees fans. I, lo- um, I love that story, but I, uh, I hope that the next time you score a big game, it's game six of the Yankees take down Stockton. That's fine. That's fine. That's that's uh, that's great. One of the things that's happened, I think, because of the students. I have students who work for lots of different teams, and I have students who work for the Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, Cubs, Dodgers, and so I root for everyone. I root for all my students to to succeed and do well. So I, I root for most teams now <laughs> because. Well, um, hopefully uh, we run into each other this summer on the Cape. Otherwise, uh, you know, best luck, to, best of luck to you, and just let me know how else I can be of help. If I'm, if I'm down, if I'm down at Wareham for a Chatham Anglers game, is that usually where you're situated? Usually, it's Wareham, but I also score games all over the Cape, depending on the schedule. At the the need for the official scores. There's about there's about twelve official scores that score the various games at the Cape, so. Um, you know, they're they're scheduled different places, but I usually get Wareham. Okay, yeah, no, I'll ma- I I really do hope that uh, we can meet in person this summer, and I wish you the best uh, with all your endeavors. Okay, thank you. You too. Thank you for your time, Professor. Thank you. You too. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Alrighty.
I really hope that I get to run into Professor Andres this summer on the Cape and we can continue the great conversation we started today. I can only hope to expand my knowledge to that of Professor Andres and I'm going to keep working hard to be able to contribute in the way that he does. I am so excited that I have a platform where I can converse with people who are so talented and experienced and hope to continue finding guests who are willing to share some great stories with me. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I really appreciate the small audience that I have. Although right now I am making the content that I do mainly for myself and my growth, I know that I have a group of people who consistently listen to my shows, watch my videos, and read my blogs, and I appreciate the support when it comes, truly. That's all for today on Inside the Park, and I cannot wait for opening day tomorrow. Tomorrow is a special day and a rebirth in a sense, so enjoy it, baseball fans. I'm Jonathan Liskov, and have a great day.